0: two of the development locker podcast where we progress to the how where we aim to continue your development throughout the 2021-2022 season and start to proactively prepare you for your transition come the end of the season. Over the next 12 months we will cover a variety of topics that you the listener have voted for taking ownership of your own development and transitional needs and those of other academy players and graduates. This podcast is a free platform that aims to put you, the person behind the player, at the forefront of everything we do, so that we may enhance your academy experience via our guidance, advice, and support on a weekly basis. Each week, we invite guests to tell us their stories, share their experiences, so that you can take on board key messages that will positively impact your future. Our objective is to cover the basics well provide you with the additional 1% in a variety of areas and give you an opportunity to continue your lifelong development as you transition through the academy system towards fulfilling your aspirations of becoming a professional football player and living a fulfilled life after football. These are your chosen episodes. This is your interview from The Locker. Welcome to your final episode of season two, and we have saved the best until last. Now, you may not be of the same opinion, but trust me, the advice you're about to hear will be relevant to you, will impact on your personal life as well as your professional one too, and I challenge you not to take just one thing away from this episode. Mark Twain once said the only two certainties in life are death and taxes, but in terms of the life of an academy player and professional player, there's a third, and that is transition. No matter how well your football career progresses, or whether yours doesn't go to plan, you will certainly face a many different periods of transition in your life and career. This episode focuses on one specific period of transition, that of preparation of career transition. So, whether you're an academy player who's been given the decision of your club's intention not to renew your registration, an academy graduate who is considering their options, or a young professional finding themselves without a club. Equally, this episode will also support those of you who continue on your football career pathway and are looking at pursuing a dual career or at the very least, starting to plan for one. But let's get straight to what you're here for. And this week's guest, as we bring you your final interview from the locker for season two. Welcome one and all to the final episode of season two and we've said the best to last I'm not just saying it because she's on as we've got a careers coach or more specifically a workplace well-being coach in Claire I'm going to get straight to the questions as we normally do so welcome Claire And first question to you really is all around the why we love starting with the why so why have you decided to pursue a career as a workplace well-being coach
1: Firstly, thank you for having me, Lee. Um, I'm really grateful for the opportunity. Um, so why did I pursue this career? Well, naturally, I've been in the well-being world for around 10 years now. Um, and it was like a natural progression for me. Um, I've always wanted the, the end goal was always to be... Um, self-employed and naturally working in so many different sectors within well-being. I've worked in hospital setting, government setting, sports setting, um, many different settings. I just kind of amalgamated all my experience um, and then, yeah, packaged it up and now um, taken the leap of faith into running my own business, which, um, yeah, gives me a lot of joy um, and a lot of pleasure. And yeah, my, my work is is my passion so it was a natural progression for me but something that gives me a lot of um joy as well so yeah most importantly
0: so tell us a little bit about the the what really in terms of what a, a workplace wellbeing coach is what what do you do what's a, a typical day if there's one exists what what's the kind of thing that you do from day to day week to week
1: so I work with um people with on a one-to-one basis and a group setting and basically I help people get clear on what like their vision is for their work their health getting the balance of work work life balance what does that look like because a lot of people are really unsure unclear about where they're even heading so how I start with anybody that I'm working with is really helping them get Clarity. Um, where do they see themselves? What would give them um, what would bring them joy? And then we work together to really help them identify what's holding them back. So we'll probably dig into that a little bit later. But um, we all have our own fears um, around not being able to reach whatever our vision is. So I help people kind of identify what those fears are and help them break through them. So it's really rewarding um, work, but every day, I guess, or every person that I work with is very, very different. Um, But at but it's just yes, super rewarding um, to support them, like break through those fears and to help them actually step into what they envisage their life. You know what what their goals are, what they want to achieve. There's no better feeling than being able to support people to achieve that.
0: No, I'm sure there's not. And and you mentioned the work life balance. There is that. It's a apologies in advance for asking you the one question that you probably need a whole hour to answer, but is. <laughs> Is that a myth? Is it achievable? Do we all need to be switched on 24-7 in this modern technological age of work and business? Or is there an actual possibility, an achievable balance to be had by individuals who are starting on a new career or, like you said, looking to kind of streamline uh, an existing career?
1: Yeah, I think it's, it's one of those things that it's, I really like to call it work-life integration rather than work-life balance because I think when you're doing something that you enjoy and you're passionate about naturally you probably will be switched on quite a lot of the time. But at the same time, it's really important. And what I've learned in running my own business is to set boundaries. So otherwise, yeah, you could be working all day or evening. Um and like I say, because we've got so much accessibility with technology, um, yeah. different social medias, it's very easy to be on all the time. And something that mm-hmm. is really like what I see a lot with the people that I work with is not knowing like when to switch off so my my guidance around that would be setting boundaries about when you are working when you're not but also when I talk about work-life integration it's about doing something for work that you enjoy so it doesn't feel like heart like work all the time so that's something that um a lot of people don't think that they can do like work that they actually love to do all the time because their own um limiting beliefs but actually like helping people um find pleasure in what they do it makes that work-life balance a lot a lot easier
0: Perfectly put. Like, it's like I, I might use that as a definition of work-life balance, if you don't mind. That was really <laughs> yeah. well really well put on the spot. That was good. So, you, I mean, you've gone through your own transitions. You mentioned they very in a summarised way of, you know, your career pathway and your particular transition. Can you tell us a little bit about your period of transition? Any challenges that you faced in terms of, you know, bringing those different careers into the career that you're in now or... Things th- th- there must have been a moment in your career, like, "Oh, what am I doing? Or is this ever going to work? How did you overcome those massive obstacles?"
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think the the thing to note here is everybody has some form of fear um, and it's normal to have fear like particularly for me when I was transitioning to, in self-employment it's that uncertainty now the last few years have taught us how to manage um, uncertainty um, which is good preparation for when I transitioned into self-employment but I think there's always that element of you know the element of doubt so it that's normal But what I would say is it's about managing that self-doubt. So when that self-doubt comes up, recognizing that that's normal, but not allowing it to hold you back from doing the things that you want to do anyway. Um, Fear of change is is a big thing. So particularly if you're transitioning into a completely different sector, something you've never done before, those self-doubts are going to creep up and you're going to think, can I do this? Is this possible? Am I doing the right thing? And the key is, is to like feel all that fear but do the thing anyway um and and know that that fear is completely normal but just not to let it hold you back from pursuing your your goals your dreams
0: be sure that fear is that is that a key ingredient in making that change because sure that switches you on that makes you more alert that maybe makes you more analytical in in the choices that you're making the decisions particularly I'm thinking from from your perspective on your own business your you know you you've got total ownership and accountability for those those decisions and and, and those outcomes so sure that fear is a good driving force is it not
1: absolutely and I think we should never label anything good or bad because it all serves us in some capacity so fear Absolutely. Like you're saying, does serve us. It can give us motivation. It can keep us on track. So when the fears come up around for me personally, when it was the transition moving from, you know, a nice, secure (laughs) salary coming in every month to, well, I've got to make this work on a monthly basis. That fear actually is a good driver for me to stay accountable and on track so you're absolutely right in that respect that fear can serve us um, and we don't want to think of it as a bad thing so when it comes up we just want to recognize it not allow it to stop us but also we can use it in a way that is um, fueled to yeah keep us motivated and keep us accountable.
0: Now you've held an, a number of positions and you know a lot of them have centered around well-being how in in your opinion, how interrelated, how interconnected is this with career transition? Is it is it every single person will struggle with their their well being, their mental health around this career transitional change? Do, do some people just like a duck to water and just fly through it with with without any problems whatsoever, or is there always some level of obstacle, some level of hurdle, depending upon the height of that hurdle they need to get over?
1: I think it's really about managing your self expectations when you're going through a career transition particularly with the impact it has on your mental and emotional health because we can have really high expectations of ourselves when we're making a transition that you know I've got to achieve it's great to have goals and to have things in sight like I've got to achieve x by you know y but at the same time it's about allowing a level of flexibility with that um so you don't you're not really hard on yourself like if you've got an an idea of that career transition and you're not quite you know six months in a year in, you're thinking oh I'm not quite where I thought I would be there's also that self-compassion and that kindness to yourself that actually managing your own self-expectations is really important and I think you know with with the connection between well-being and career transition as well it's it's really important to to focus on what makes what brings you joy and that's something that I'll probably keep saying today but it really is important to focus on the things that are like that you're enjoying and um, so you know if you are in in the process of a career transition or you're six months in or you're 12 months into that transition you know and you're not quite where you thought that you would be it's really Um, Useful to really focus on well actually how far have I come so six months ago where was I and what what have I gained in that six months what what pleasures have I got now that I wouldn't have had six months ago so I think it's really important to focus on you know the benefits and the gains um, and what you've achieved in that time as well.
0: Yeah I mean in terms of the, the wellbeing aspect, of, I think, like you touched upon it before, you know, around COVID and lockdown, I'm, I'm pretty sure we've all had to face those hurdles, whether we wanted to or not, whether we've been changing career or not. And I think it's been a, a massive lesson learned over the last two years. And kind of moving that on to the, the, the next question. Now, our listeners are predominantly academy football players um, and you know they they will have gone through that same transitional period through COVID through lockdown. You know decisions may or may not have been made off the back of that and clubs' finances and and all the rest of it. But have you got advice of how those players now when they're going through that retain and release period? So listeners who are listening to this right now who are not sure whether they've got a club next season, they're not sure whether they've got a career in football next season. Is there a simplistic way for them to even just? to start a plan for their transitional career outside of football?
1: Yeah absolutely so where I would recommend for them to start is to think about what their personal values are and I get this I get everybody that I work with to do this it's really important exercise so what are the 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 values that they have on a personal level so it might be you know in their football career well actually some of my personal values are fitness or health and then so once they're clear on those values like for me for example mine are fun and freedom so I knew when that's why I wanted to be self-employed I was like I really value on a personal level fun and freedom so I want to make sure that my business is en- encompassing those so what they could do is just sit and and start to think about what that is for them. What are their personal values? Is it health? Is it fitness? Is it sport? Whatever that is, doesn't matter. It's all very individual to that person. And by just getting clear about what their personal values are, they can then start to think, well, what other career can I actually, what what, what would align with those values? Um, so that was a that's a good place for them to start. And I think in terms of having a plan, it's a really useful thing, but also to have a level of flexibility and open mind with that plan as well, um, which is really important. But, yeah, I think the place for them to start is to start to think, you know, what what pleasure do I get from my um my sporting career, my football career, and what would I like? What things would I like to be able to transfer from that into a, a next career? What would that look like?
0: Yeah, I mean, the, the personal values I absolutely love from a from perspective of obviously developing the person before the player that you know that that person just so happens to be a football player i think that that really aligns with everything that we're about and everything that you know a lot of good organisations and all the uh, organisations within football are trying to do with that personal development side so i i love that about the the, the advice you're giving to academy players what what about those who in terms of the different pathways of those who graduate through the academy system you will also have those who are still pursuing their career in football so whether that be as a semi-professional or whether that's they've got the professional contract at their their existing club or a different club and they're looking to start their planning of their transitional career by creating a, a dual career a career that sits alongside their football is there a similar or different way to start the planning process for this
1: um I think you can use a similar approach so again if they want to like what I did when I was because I started my business alongside my um full-time employment and what I how I transitioned was I looked at what I loved about my job what what gave me um a sense of pleasure and that was things like um, in my last role, I really enjoyed delivering online workshops. I loved the connection with people. So I knew that when I run my business that I actually wanted to run workshops and I wanted also to be able to, um, after a few years of um, being behind a screen, I also knew that a part of Um, my business I wanted it to have a face-to-face element I wanted to connect with people connection was a really um, is again another personal value of mine so I knew I looked at my my employment and I was like okay what parts of that employment do I love what gives me joy and how can I move that um, or use that in my business so you know if they're planning for their you know career alongside um i would say you know look at where they're at now what do they enjoy what um makes them feel alive what gives them that sense of um, pleasure from their work um and yeah and build that into their their future planning
0: yeah, I mean, in, in terms of that, I mean, you you must have faced that, and you took you just talked about it, you know, managing that day job and that side hustle or the the dual career, as it were. What and and you mentioned there about integration previously of not a work life balance, but integration of your career. How hard did you find that, and how did you how did you create that balance, if it is an mm. achievable thing? With the yep. day job and your kind of secondary career. Is it possible? How how did you navigate those kind of murky waters of you know the the, the danger of those things overlapping and, and potentially stressing you out?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. It's not easy at the beginning. I think when you're making any form of transition, or particularly when, you know, if any of the guys want to start their own business it's not easy there's a lot of energy and commitment that you have to put into anything um and I think it's really important to to make that you know transparent that yeah there were days where I would work a full-time day and then I would literally have an hour or two to have dinner and go for a walk and then I would be like okay back to it and I would get my head down um I looked at the uh, lockdowns as a bit of a blessing because I couldn't do much else in my evening. (laughs) Um, So as a very... Love that, turn a
0: negative into a positive, classic.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Um, As a very social person (laughs) before the pandemic and my friends always said, how do you cram everything into your diary? Um, So actually I looked at it as a blessing because I was like... It gave me an opportunity in the evenings after work to be like, OK, I'm going to study for this kind of period. Um, so I've always kind of invested in myself. I'm really h- highly invested on a personal level, and my own personal development. So I just I just committed to it. And there are days where there were long days. Um, but what one thing that I made sure of in that time was that I did scheduled time for myself as well so i didn't neglect all my well being so what that looked like for me was making sure that i did do a 30 minute like workout or i went for a walk or i went for a run um to break up the work day from building the little side hustle on the side you know it is i needed that time for myself as well um and i made sure that i did make myself a good meal and so for me it would have been very, I would have lacked integrity with the work that I do if I didn't look after my own well-being. So um, I have my own practices in place, my daily practices that keep me well. And um, as much as I was, you know, really committed to building my business alongside my um, full-time gig, I made sure that I scheduled um, that non-negotiable time to invest in my own well-being as well.
0: Yeah, that's probably one one take-home point I might take away. Um, yeah, that that's a great piece of advice to look after yourself. I think it's too easy, isn't it, to be thinking, right? Here's my diary. I'm going to plan every single minute of every single day. I've got to be doing this, this task, this deadline. And it's probably far too easy to forget about yourself. So that's a yeah, you know, a very easy, a very cheap, free task. Um, yeah, to, to do to to put in your daily diary, even if it is just thirty minutes. That's that's great. And then yeah, absolutely. What about those those individuals then who, and there are many from my experiences in the academy system, of those lads who, those academy players, who are just really see obstacles, barriers, negativity. They feel that either their dream career after football just isn't possible. Or for those who feel like what you just spoke about there, they 99.9%, I won't label 100%, feel that having a dual career, having something at the side of football just isn't possible. Have you got any advice to to those individuals or ways or tricks of the trade to to overcome those negative thoughts?
1: Absolutely. And um, I would highly, highly encourage those people to get around people that have done it or are doing it. Um use people like me or people that you know. As role models, because we're living proof that it is possible. And I think when you have, you know, like, are these negative beliefs, it's not possible, I can't do it. It's a real inspiration when you see, listen, or surround yourself with people that are doing it or have done it. And like, that's why I'll talk about, you know, my fears that came up and all those I've had so many different challenges that have presented themselves yet I've still I've got that resilience to keep going and I think when you're in that mindset where you think oh it's not possible that's the time to really invest in yourself so you can do that in loads of different shapes or forms you can if you want, want one of like a free resource if you can't if you've got no money to spend a free resource from the best ways to invest in your mindset is books like I literally would go to a library and pick up personal development books and just read and use those as your mentors if you haven't you know if you haven't got like I, I understand these guys are teenagers and um mm-hmm. money is not necessarily going to be something that they've got to be thrown around <laughs> well, am I? But you know use the use the resources that are free to, like these podcasts like listening to people that have done it is use that as inspiration work on your mindset read listen um YouTube is one of was one of my best resources and um particularly in lockdown so as part of my personal well-being practice the first thing that I did when I got up in the morning I lived by myself throughout the whole lockdown so it was a very isolating time for me um the one th- one of the things I did when I first got up in the morning was a 20 minute free YouTube video and I would just listen to people that inspired me so you know the the Tony Robbins and all the personal development guys there's so much free resources out there um Great. so just surround yourself um with a good support network and like I it doesn't have to be investing in a mentor or a coach it could just be u- using YouTube go to the library if you can't afford to buy books, listen to these podcasts and just create a daily practice. Um, Because 20 minutes a day, it can be whilst you're doing something else. Um, For me, it was like when I was washing up or or cooking or something, I just would then pop on a a video um, on YouTube or plug something in to, yeah, to work on my mindset every day.
0: Yeah, that's, that's a great tip and even better when, when it is free because like you said, you know, even in, in, in these financial testing times, you know, people haven't got a lot of money, I think, and and that's probably one barrier that could always be overcome, but there's quite a lot of people out there who are willing to, to help or, you know, resources and apps and, you know, things that you can sign up to. But, you know, a lot of the time it does carry some financial commitment. But like you said, then I did not even think about the library book uh, kind of scenario where, you know, we are kind of all digitally driven especially you know over lockdown but yeah i mean a library is 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 a free resource isn't it you you don't have to take that book out like you said you can just practice that habit 30 minutes a day going into your local library reading for 30 minutes you know 5 10 pages whatever it is you can muster and yeah repeat the next day and it all adds up doesn't it yeah it's really good that one and and then in terms of for those lads who thankfully it's not the 99.9 percent probably around 10 percent of those, those lads who just really do not have a clue what they want to do. is the What's your recommendation of someone who's got experience firsthand of going through their career transition and now you're kind of the, you know, the oracle, the guru, the person who is now guiding other people into to, to how to pursue their passion in, in, in their career. Is it where you would advocate them trying many different careers before they set the sights on one or is it a way that they they have to have a a clear strategy in in place or is this somewhere in between or something different that you would advise for, for for these lads who really have no idea what they want to do
1: um I would say that there's no right way there is absolutely no no right way to do it it's about finding your right way but if they are completely lost and have absolutely no idea what I would first get them to do is start to reconnect with things that again that make them like feel alive like we going back to that discovering your joy again earlier like writing it down literally just getting a bit of paper and going what do I like to do never mind thinking about work what brings me joy that might be they might be saying like sport it might be being around people just write everything down um it took me years like although I was working in well-being to actually get clear on what my business looked like and it's still a, like still ever evolving it's taken me years to get to this point so don't put pressure on yourself that you need to have this set plan in place um before you can do anything just start just start thinking about what brings you joy what do you like doing how do you like spending your time start writing it down and I used to like journal on that. I like I'm a writer I like to write things down but you know if you're not a writer you can just voice note it in your phone or wh- however that works for you or video it whatever um but start start thinking about that because I I did this for years and I I was getting really frustrated with myself I went on retreats and courses and all sorts and I was like what is my business like I know that I love well-being I know like that I love helping people I know that I want to contribute and it took me years to get to this point so it might not happen in a year it might not happen in two but you can make a start and start doing the things that actually make you that bring you joy now, and then you will find your way naturally. Like it's just what we can get in the habit of doing that holds us back is feeling like we've got to have all the plan put in place um, before we can make a start. And the thing about that is actually we we procrastinate, we don't get going. And actually, the best way to work it out is just to start. Um, so if you have no clue and you think Claire, I don't know where to start. Start with what brings you joy. Go out or write down, start thinking about what brings you happiness, work aside and start doing that. And then thinking about um, yeah, how and having that mindset where you've got a level of flexibility because it's good to have a plan. Absolutely, it gives you structure. Um, but sometimes we can get so attached to the plan that actually um we can procrastinate. So hopefully that's helpful.
0: Yeah, very helpful. I mean, not wanting to pin you down. You mentioned there, there's, there's not necessarily a right way. Is there a wrong way to go about it, or equally is it not a wrong way as there's not a right way?
1: I think the the only wrong way is just not starting, <laughs> um, because when you feel like I don't know what to do, I think the only wrong way is just not to start because you're like, well, I don't. You know, when you're when you're lost or you feel like you don't really know where you're heading you don't do anything and by not doing anything you're not going to make any progress and you're better off starting something or moving in a direction and then going you know what that really doesn't align for me I don't like doing that and that helps you get clear on what you do like so never never worry about doing something that you think that's not for me because that not for me shows you like moves you in the direction of what is for you so mm-hmm. a lot of the times we do things that actually we don't like doing but that helps us get clearer on what we do like doing so the only wrong path is by not starting
0: and do you feel you you touched upon it there about you know kind of this modern current generation kind of wanting things now in a in a fast paced world that we all live in you know a lot of things whether it's you know shopping whether it's um you know Weight loss, you know, whatever it is, we expect it now. We expect it tomorrow. Do, do you feel that's a, a generational issue with this, like labeled Generation Z type? You know, in terms of they want everything now. And is it your experience that a lot of younger people that you that you work with don't have the patience, the the resilience, the 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 long-term plan and and see it through to fruition they kind of try things and and give up too easily and and switch focus or is is that not the case no
1: i i don't think it's a generational Mm. thing i think we're all guilty of it on some level um regardless of age Mm -hmm. or generation but what i would say to those people is keep going Everything like you all know from sport is consistency. It's showing up every day, even on the bad days where you think, God, my performance was rubbish today. Then you have the next day you have a great performance. So don't allow the um, the time it takes to. For you to give up because that time is going to pass anyway. That year is going to pass. That three years is going to pass anyway. And if you show up every day and you commit to your vision, so that's what's really clear to get. It's really important to get clear on the vision because that's like your why. That's what what you're aiming for. Once you've got that vision in mind and you show up for it every day, then yeah you're gonna be in a much stronger position and it's easy to get like you say things are so instant now people expect you can get your food delivered within you know to your door you can get everything delivered to you so quickly and resilience and patience patience is so underestimated like like I say to people this has been over a 10-year journey for me like I was like I can't quite work out what this business looks like but all I kept doing was showing up and just learning and surrounding myself with people that were moving in the direction that I wanted to move in and I was like eventually I'll get there and for me I'm I'm work in progress every day I'm work in progress um and I think we all are um so there's you know we can get very attached to results and the end the end goal, but actually think how you can enjoy the process because what's the point of it all if you don't have fun in the process? Like I mentioned earlier, my value is fun. I always have to remind myself if I'm not having fun building my business, what's the point? So yeah. um that makes it a lot easier, like that patience piece when you're actually enjoying the process. And I know that kind of gets thrown around, but make sure that you're having fun
0: (laughs) yeah and it's i think yeah it's it's very i think it'd be very easily forgotten won't it in in terms of covid lockdown but even even that aside you're pursuing your passion and specifically in academy football where we know the, the 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 riches that are almost there on the on the horizon and you know the pitfalls and the and the journey i think it so it's, uh, it's it's often something that I, I see that you know the enjoyment goes out of their game their training their performances and yeah i think it's a, a a great kind of mantra to live by you know what what makes you feel alive and you know whether that's on the pitch off the pitch you know hopefully there's both and that will allow you to create that 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 dual career and and speaking of that dual career and the, and the work-life balance we talked about, or the, is it the career in, integration you you, you labelled it, you termed yeah. it,
1: yep. is
0: there, how did you achieve that? Is this something that our, our listeners can kind of take from, from your practices that you did? Is there a, a key strategy, a key tool that you've used to, to be able to integrate both careers and your personal life and maintain your passion all in one 24 hours seven days a week
1: (laughs) it's a task (laughs) sometimes it's easier than others um but I think my I touched on it earlier but I think my biggest um my own personal lesson has been boundaries um so where like 10 years ago when I ran my personal training business Mm -hmm. um I used to have clients like messaging me at half past 10, 11 o'clock at night asking me about nutritional, you know, or exercise. And I used to, think, <laughs> and I used to reply. I used to reply at 10 o'clock at night. Um, and now one thing that I'm much better at is just switching off. Like there's so many yeah. times where I feel like I could reach for work, particularly when I'm like, Oh, I haven't really got much on today. I could work. Um, <laughs> but yeah i think my my biggest lesson in creating um the balance is Mm -hmm. is boundary like implementing those boundaries with clients but also with myself um so yeah make sure Mm -hmm. that those are in in place but yeah with the work-life integration i think it makes work a lot easier when you do things that you enjoy
0: yeah it must be. I mean, especially especially as a as a personal trainer and getting messages at night, it <laughs> must be very difficult not to not to answer those messages. I think a lot of times in football, you often hear of you know, I'm the first one in the training ground, the last one out type of mantra. Uh, that, you know there's there's plenty of stories of people emailing WhatsApp messages at at stupid o'clock. and it's so hard not to respond to those messages because you feel as though you're being either slightly unprofessional or rude, or you're going to be kept out of the loop. So, but I think to take your advice on board, I think to set those boundaries would be, you know, something, if they're going to take one thing from this episode, I think that'd be one thing that would pay dividends in in, in their work life and their personal life. So yeah, that's, that's really good advice yet again. And while we're on the topic of advice, our, our final two questions, so the the platform that we do, you know, it's it's mainly around academy players, but also the 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 other key stakeholders, parents and academy staff. And and first of all, on from a parental point of view, for those parents who are sat at home now or in the car listening to this episode, and they're struggling to support their young lad who has either been released from an academy or is looking to start planning for their dual career, have you got any advice for them in in, in supporting their son with their transition? Is it something from a a parental perspective that they can be doing um, to support their career aspirations and dreams?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, First off, I would say to parents, make sure that you're not... um, putting your expectations on them what you think that they should do I wish I I would give this to to my parents (laughs) back in the day Um, and you see it a lot like people they only do it because they care and they think they know what's best for their children of course Mm. but to give them that sense of freedom for them to actually discover for themselves what actually they're passionate about is is really important so to give them that level of freedom and not place expectations on them because you know often people I I work with regardless of age regardless of age there's still this like they're doing something for work because there's a level of expectation whether it's a societal expectation a parental expectation a conditioning from when they were a teenager so I would love to bring awareness to that from a parental perspective that just be mindful that when you are supporting your children, make sure that it's coming from a place of like this. What, you're enabling their freedom of what they want to do, and it's not an expectation of what you think that they should do or what is best for them.
0: Yeah, as a parent, I can. Uh, yeah, I can, <laughs> I can, I can give a response to that. It's very hard to give that freedom, but it's also equally if not probably more important to give to give that freedom I think it's it, it's yeah it, it's extremely hard that one I think from a parent because like you said they'll have their best interest at heart and yeah it's yeah it's, it's a difficult and a hard thing to kind of cut that cord or to to give them that freedom to make their own mistakes to pursue their dreams and try and bring some sense of reality to the table as it were but yeah it's a it's a difficult job is being a parent so it I, it yeah. yeah
1: yeah, absolutely.
0: But, and, and, and moving on to another difficult job would be as a member of staff in the academy system which I'm also one of as well so if you've got any advice for for me and my colleagues and my peers who who work you know tirelessly and above and beyond on a daily basis to to support these young lads is this something that we can be doing um in, in terms of supporting them while so at the clubs we've talked about how parents can do it while they're at home is there anything that we can be doing more as staff in our environment to to better support their career dreams and aspirations or that dual career planning
1: yeah, absolutely I think well what you're doing with this podcast is a, an amazing amazing thing oh, thank um, you. if I'd had access to this um as a teenager like this would' this is invaluable so um I think what's so important for for parents is for parents and for the key members of staff as well is that encouragement and that belief installing the belief in these guys that they actually can achieve what they um want to achieve because often the most the majority of the work that I do is working with people that they lose hope they lose hope that what they want to achieve is even possible and we don't action we don't behave in a way um, that's conducive to our goals if we don't believe it's possible so it all starts with our belief systems if we believe that we can do something we'll think like we can do something we'll then act like we can do something so you guys are fundamental for their growth um, parents and key members of staff so if you can really work on encouraging them and and installing that belief in them that's invaluable and you know more thing more like um resources like these um these podcasts but also you know I'm more than happy and I'm sure that this might be something for your future is like delivering workshops and working with the guys um directly like those those sorts of resources will be invaluable so um yeah, I think encouragement and belief is is critical.
0: Yeah, and again, it's just yet more sound advice. It's, you know, it's advice that costs absolutely nothing. And yeah, although I know that, you know, those two things are, are covered, you know, quite a lot by, you know, a lot of academy staff in, uh, you know, that I, I, I've come across and I'm sure they are, you know, up and down the country, you know, we, we can always do more in, in, in those two aspects. So, yeah, those are yet more really great piece of advice. And, and to finish off, and probably the hardest question possible, or I feel it would be the hardest question possible if I was in your shoes, is the one take-home message that you want to leave our, our listeners with one golden nugget of things, if, if they only take one thing or if they only do one thing after listening to this, what would that advice be?
1: I think it's believe in yourself. Absolutely believe in yourself, because I think the one thing that's going to hold you back from moving in the direction that you want to move in, um, whether, you know, that is continuing in football, whether whatever that looks like in your career Believing that it's possible. And like I just mentioned there, if you believe that it's possible, you're going to start thinking differently. If you start thinking differently, you're going to start acting differently. If you start acting differently, you're going to start behaving differently. So start believing it's possible. And if you're like, Claire, I don't believe, I'm nowhere near that. (laughs) Get yourself around the support networks that will install belief in you whilst you build that belief in yourself. Yeah. Yeah.
0: No, I mean that, that, that's great and, and a great a great note to end, end this uh, this episode on. I mean the, the the term belief and and believing in yourself. I know a lot of lads who you know are in the academy system certainly do because otherwise they wouldn't have got to that kind of you know elite environment or that that level of performance. So I know they certainly do, and I just believe that there's 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 small barriers in the way like you touched upon at the beginning of the episode. That that's always going to be in the case in no matter what person's life they're leading what career they're going into there's always going to be obstacles and I love the way that you turned and have turned every negative into a positive, and I think that's that's one take-home message I'm certainly going to take away, and I'm sure our listeners will, as well. That you know everything is achievable, and, and it's about having that belief, isn't it? So I think that's a great, a great point to end on. So, as always, um, yeah, I want to thank you on on behalf of, of not just myself but the listeners for giving up your time this evening to jump on and, and, and record this episode. And you know, as as per usual, we'll we'll share your contact details and and your your LinkedIn profile on our website. So if people who are listening to this want to know a little bit more about you or want to reach out for a little bit more pertinent or individual relevant advice, then they can do. But yeah, thank you on behalf of the listeners and, and thank you from behalf of myself, Claire.
1: My pleasure. Thank you for having me.
0: Was I right? Claire has given you plenty of food for thought and plenty to work with as you now start to take action. There's far too much for me to summarize in just over a minute, but here goes. Professional values, the starting point for anyone, no matter what your personal and professional circumstances are, make time, sit down and write down who you are, what you stand for, what your passions are, both in and out of the game. These could well lead you to linking towards a career that complements your sporting career or sends you on a different path. What do you love? What gives you a sense of pleasure? What makes you feel alive? Are key questions you should be asking yourself as you make the first steps towards planning for your future. Don't know where to start? Just start. Do it now. Not tomorrow, not next week, not later, now. Do something today that your future self will thank you for. As Claire said, find out where your local library is at, go there. Find the self-development section, read a few pages, a chapter or two, and eventually the whole book. Access YouTube for all those motivational videos to get your juices flowing and listen to the many inspirational people who have already trodden the path you are about to take. Listen to previous episodes of this podcast and listen to others while you're on your off-season break, while you're walking the dog, or on that run as part of your off-season program. But if you only take one thing away, which I certainly hope that isn't the case, but if it is, remember what Claire said at the end, have belief, the belief that anything is possible, that your dreams can become reality. It just takes hard work, determination, resilience, and a support network when you need it. Believe in yourself at times when no one else will. Have the belief that you can make your career path a reality. Be consistent, keep going, and keep showing up. And on that note, we take a short break for the off-season, and we will be showing up once again in pre-season, as we bring you even more interviews from the locker in season three. hope you enjoyed this week's episode and look forward to you joining us next week when we bring you another interview from the locker be sure to follow this podcast to access the latest episodes and make sure you share these interviews with your friends family teammates and anyone you feel will benefit from the episodes look out for behind the scenes footage on our instagram page for more information on our facebook page and be sure to give us a follow on twitter too Don't forget to access our website for up-to-date resources, as well as contact details for all our guests who appear on the podcast from week to week. All these details can be found in the About section on the podcast platform you have accessed this episode from. We look forward to you joining us next week in listening to more interviews from The Locker.